three, two, one. Happy, Happy New, New Year! Year. Oh, man. 2017! It's already, well, Dan, Happy New Year! Happy New Year, Maureen. And happy, How are you? Happy New Year, all the says Whovians. You made it through 2016. Now here we, we are. are here staring down the gaping maw of 2017. Oh, it's not a gaping maw, Dan. We're at the top of the log flume. <laughs> We've all gotten in a log together. And, Dan, if I mentioned I hate rides? You have. Yeah. You've definitely made that, uh, put that on record. And that where I come from, water slides kill you? That is correct. All right. 2017 won't be like that. It'll be... Okay, we are all in the log together. Welcome to the log. We're all in the log. Um, I don't know why I chose that. Log flumes are terrible. They are the... They are... A good log flume is a good log flume, but a bad log flume is a real brush with death that you never get over again. Oh, I, once, I, I once, uh, I once, I don't know if this still exists. I would guess it doesn't, but it used to be just outside the Space Needle in Seattle was like a straight up carny amusement park, right? Like why... They didn't invest in something better. I don't know. But I actually was uh, at a panel um, at the Experience Music Project. This had to have been, God, 15 years ago or something. And uh, me and my fellow panelists were killing time. And we were like, oh, let's go ride that log flume. It looks fun. And Maureen, it it moved like the ride itself moved horizontally while you were on it. Mm-hmm. Like there were there were moments and we were all grown ass adults that we were screaming not because of the initial thrill ride design but for the fact that we thought the whole thing was going to collapse under us. It was to this day the people that were on that flume with me and I will have moments where we will just sort of reflect on the fact that it it literally felt like we all cheated death together. Yeah, I no, I I I don't well as I've said before, I don't like rides. I've discussed in depth on prior episodes uh, my loathing of Space Mountain. Um the fact that where I come from amusement parks will kill you, uh that I lived near a place called Action Park or Traction Park or Class Action Park that had where people died on the regular. And they designed a circular uh, water slide in which people would get trapped. Um, But that does not actually compare to the time that I spent five weeks in Fargo, North uh, Dakota for the summer. And I was there during the, uh, the, the, the big summer fair. And it was in a, the fair was in like a kind of asphalt parking lot area. And... There was just a sign written on cardboard in marker, not too well either, crane rides, $15. Whoa. It was just two kids, and I mean, they were maybe 14 or 15, standing next to an industrial crane, and what you would do is you would give them $15, and they would basically strap you into the thing that they lifted cargo and materials 
with the cr- and then they'd sure. hoist you up the crane and they'd swing you around. Now, as someone who hates rides, I did not hand over fifteen dollars to two teenagers with a crane, but I was with people who did. And I feel like if I've learned anything in my adult life, and if I have, still remains a question, I feel like I learned more watching people hand over $15 and get swung around by two teenagers with a crane than I have doing almost anything else. And if there is kind of one metaphor for 2017 and everything that's about to happen to us, I believe it is that we have all collectively handed over $15. Oh, absolutely. We have been tied into a loose... Uh, quickly made harness, and we're going to take a crane ride. Welcome to Says Who, uh, the podcast that is not a podcast. It's a coping strategy. I'm Maureen Johnson. And I am Dan Sinker. And Maureen, I am not in my basement right now. You are I, not in Chicago? I am not in Chicago. I'm not even in the state of Illinois. I am currently in a uh, Marriott Residential Suites Hotel in uh, beautiful Longmont, Colorado, where me and uh, my entire family have been snowed in for two days. Do you have anything to eat? We do. We Thankfully, we had enough notice that we went to the store ahead of time uh, and were able to stock up on provisions. But uh, uh, probably you can hear uh, chortling baby sounds in the background or potentially barking dogs or uh, I'm not sure what we have. Uh, I've been in about a 300 square foot space with uh, three other human beings and a canine for the last 36 hours. And one of those human beings is a baby. Yes, yes. I hear hear him in the background. And one of those uh, human beings is an 11-year-old. Yep, who has uh, played a lot of civilization today, uh, Mm -hmm. which seems somewhat fitting. Uh, Yes, and then then Janice, my wife. We uh, We are trapped in Colorado, we are hoping to be able to leave on Saturday. <laughs> it's Thursday right now. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like that's a good way to start 2017. I, I've, I'm informed that today is that we're as we're recording this. I'm informed that today is the fifth, and I say that I'm informed because I have stopped looking at what day it is. Why is that? I don't want to know. I'm sort of like, I'm kind of, you know how like they blur stuff out on television, like, you know, someone's face or something. I've, sure, pixelate, sure, sure. I've pixelated the date. It's a good, I think that's a good move. Yeah. I don't, I genuinely um, just am trying not to remember what day it is. And it's, it's sort of working for me a little bit. I know that can't, like, it won't work forever. But right now that is working for me. All right. I think that's a good idea. I yeah. think, uh, you know, we we all need uh, the things we need to make it through right now. Pixelating the date, not a bad move. Yeah, I can do it. I figure I've got maybe a week left on this particular strategy. It's a solid, solid strategy. After that, it's the caves. And 
Um, still been reading a lot on survivalism and whether or not, you know, how to live in cave dwellings and things like that. So that's, um, it's that's helpful. still, that's still out there. That's still out there. But, um, how are you feeling? I am, uh, I am a mix of feeling good, right? Like I, despite the fact that, uh, there is a, a foot of snow outside my window right now, um uh i i feel like okay you know what this is it like every possible escape hatch that anyone could have dreamed up that would get us out of uh staring down the barrel of of a donald trump presidency is done right and so that's it like we are now we are in this timeline we there is no getting out of it and that uh, for me that feels oddly clarifying um on the other hand i am in mountain time right now which means that donald trump's daily 6 a.m tweet storms happen at 4 a.m um and uh that's right around when the baby wakes up to uh eat and then thrash about because despite the fact that we have been here for uh, a week and a half now he has not yet adapted to mountain time Mm -hmm. and so i get a real head start on my day dreading things uh Mm -hmm. after reading uh after after checking twitter i should just not check twitter but i can't no i hear that no you've uh it's hard it's hard to look away. His tweets are getting more and more Jeez Louise. I mean, I guess we're really going to find out what uh a lot about the Twitter terms of service and uh uh just what Twitter can do. Yeah, it's going to be it is going to be something Maureen, How are you doing? I'm a little bit in the same place. I I have come into 2017 i feel like i came in like i like i i got on the crane you know i handed over the 15 dollars and i said okay i'm i'm oh boy i hate rides um but i'm on the ride you know i've decided that 2017 is not a time to i'm just gonna at the risk of sounding kind of ridiculous just go for it I'm somebody that uh, I often agonize over small decisions. Like I, I'll just kind of, oh, I'll wait. I'll just, you know, I'll just let me think about this some more. I have just been living my life very fully for the last five days. Like I have been Leroy Jenkinsing through 2017, just grabbing it and just, just riding it. You know, if I'm with my friends, I'm like, I am with my friends. And if I'm like cleaning the house, I'm cleaning the house. And I've just been trying to really, you know, just go for it. I, yeah, there's clarity now. There's no time to kind of sit around yeah. and sweat the small stuff. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it, I think to me it's that clarity that is definitely like I am not I am not a big uh New Year's resolutions guy. Um I'm not sure if I have ever made them. I think they're kind of silly. Uh but man, this year, and I really do attribute it to that kind of feeling of clarity. I am like, okay, you know what? I gotta eat better, I gotta exercise more, I need to get myself in like I need to get right. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can't like that to me right now, besides like 
okay, I need to help amplify messages and I need to work with people and all of that. Like the, the, the such a crystallizing thing in my head is just like, I got to get myself right. You know, I need to, um, certainly having a baby, uh, makes it so you sort of give up on every bodily function. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and generally speaking, 2016 was a hard year and, uh, I apparently made it through that year by, uh, just kind of stuffing things into my face constantly. And now I'm like, okay, I am a little flabby and I need like, I got to get down to fighting weight. You know, I just, man. Dan, have you turned your back on pie? Well, let's not get crazy. Okay, I was going to say. So, so the last time I was in really good shape uh, was a few years ago. And I, uh, I basically decided that what I needed to do to get in shape was to walk like three hours a day, right? And... Uh, if I did that, then I could totally eat pie. And you know what, Maureen? It worked. It was amazing. Like, I dropped weight like crazy. I, man, I felt incredible. I don't think I have three hours a day in me now, though. It's interesting because there's, you taught, you said New Year's resolutions, and I think that there's, I'm very interested in uh sort of small change progression, how to like kind of make progress in your life. I also read a lot of Pinterest boards on bullet journals. I'm that kind of person. I like reading about process. And one thing that they say is very, they, we'll just put they, um, little quotes around they, is that you worry less about resolutions and more about building little tiny habits. And if you build a habit, that's the way to make Lasting change. Yep. And and the way that I the way I kind of think about this is I'm I got uh, I had a medical issue at the very end of 2014. I got really sick and I had trouble uh, standing up and walking, um, doing sort of anything at all. Kind of was was hard. And the doctor said to me, one of the doctors was like, just keep moving. Whatever you can do, even if it's just that you got out of bed and you got to the living room, do that. If you think you can go outside and walk to the end of the path and back, do that. If you can just keep even that much fluidity, if you could just kind of rise, it's just sit up and just kind of keep the body moving, as even if it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere, that's the key. And so some days all I could do was sit up and I had a rule that I would go into at least I would get into the through the down the hallway into the living room in the kitchen. Or then from there, maybe I could take the elevator and go downstairs and walk a couple feet outside. And then eventually I was like, I can get to the corner. And then even if it seemed kind of pathetic and I was like, what I did today is I put on my coat and I went to the corner it was that moving that kept it all going. And just this idea that if you can just kind of keep a pattern going and keep that little bit of movement in you, that's enough. Yep. And, and if you're feeling now like you're feeling deflated, if you're feeling like there's just, if you keep that little bit of movement in you, and it doesn't need to be much, like you don't have to feel like you have to, you personally are not responsible for getting up tomorrow and fixing the world. 
but just keep that little bit of movement in you. Like that's sort of, that's sort of what you need at this point. If you're like, I got up, I, you know, whatever it is you need to do just to kind of keep that, just keep, keep floating, just kind of keep moving. Um, No, I mean, I think that that, you know, that kind of integrating bit by bit things into your day, you know, um, it is, it is remarkable how well that works. You know, I mean, so for me, the, the walking example, I did not start walking three hours a day, right? It was like, oh, I'm going to go on a walk for 20 minutes at lunch, you know, and then, uh, then that 20 minutes would turn into 30 and, you know, over time it, it was just like, man, I feel great. And this is like, this is really helping and I'm going to just keep going. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, right now is definitely the time for kind of building those habits, right. And helping, you know, I mean, I think it was was a few episodes ago, it was like, man, I feel like I'm flexing muscles that I haven't flexed in a while, you know? And it's like, well, that, that's a good way of pulling a muscle if you just jump straight in, you know? Um, so yeah, absolutely. You know, take it, take it bit by bit and, uh, and it, and it works. We really have become these, the, whatever this is that, that this podcast is, we went from these people that interviewed journalists every week to two people that just get on mics and just say encouraging things. It's true. Or um, slowly melt down to the point where they talk about Disney World. <laughs> it's, it's also true. Yeah. A little bit of both little bit of both we are we are barreling down i guess by the time if we are following the schedule uh by the time we record the next podcast we will have passed inauguration day yeah i just said that i actually have to cough because i made myself i was like don't flub it just like really say it clearly and with confidence and then i did and then i I had and then it's like my throat was like no and it it clenched. It was like, ah, don't say it. Um, I'm also in a closet. I mean, I'm in an airless closet and it's, it's cold outside in New York and it's, uh, it's really, it's really like sneezy indoors. It's that nice time of year when it's about 10 million below zero. Hold, I have to, <coughs> sorry, I really have to have a coughing fit. Um, God damn, what was I saying? I'm saying, what, what are we? What have we become, Dan? I feel like we are, uh, I feel like we are still gestating, you know, mm. we, I, I, so to me, uh, and, and we have not talked about this at all, except now when we are recording, I feel like there are going to be kind of three movements of this, of this show, right? The first was kind of pre-election. The second is this, is this sort of lost in the woods finding the way of post-election pre Trump reality, right? And then and then I think we've got we stare down the actual reality. But to me I feel like we are still in a we are still in that kind of gestation mode. Uh, yeah, we- I was talking to someone today and it was it was 
he was saying like, you know, there's so many people that don't think it's going to be that bad. And I'm like, yeah. And, but once you accept the reality that you're just kind of hunkered down, staring at the sky, saying, okay, which, which way is the first spark going to fly? You know, that you're just yeah. kind of waiting to see what direction it all goes in. I mean, I think that, so I think that it is pretty clear here the second day that Congress has been in session that it is going to be that bad. You oh, know, yeah. I mean, it is, it is, it is crystal clear that any hope, or at least crystal clear to me, that any hope that like there would be tension between Trump and the House and the Senate is out the window. You know, I mean, they clearly, they clearly have talked, you know, they clearly have an agenda and they clearly are ready to, ready to make a move on it faster than I expected, you know, and in, and in like, not just one way, but every way, you know, and it's, it's, it, I definitely feel like, okay, yes, it is going to be that bad, right? Uh there is not a single sign of dissent in those ranks, you know, with a possible exception of a McCain or someone like that, but not enough to really cause significant headwinds, I would think. And you just see things like it was just reported today that they're going to try to push every confirmation hearing through on the same day, right? And it will also be the same day that Trump does his first press conference in 160 days you know and it's like and and there was even a third thing that now i can't oh and also they were going to um push through the budget uh on that same day as well and it was like holy shit they're flooding the zone right like that's the that's the plan is just like we're gonna do everything all things all the time at once so you can't even get a foothold on it right and it's like okay all right that's how they're gonna play you know and they're gonna play hard what did you think about the ethics uh the fact that they had to backtrack on what did what was your take on that man so uh, for for those folks that are smart enough to not be following the news right now um absolutely i salute you (laughs) uh just to catch up uh it was the night before the new Congress was put in session, uh, in a closed-door session of the uh, House Ethics Committee, they decided that they would essentially pass a rule that an independent ethics group uh, out that uh, watches members of Congress would now have to report to that committee, essentially gutting the independence, obviously, of that committee and and putting in additional rules that they could not, say, take an issue to law enforcement or something like that. Um, And that dropped what time? Probably, I don't know, I'm on mountain time, which is a weird, like, nether time zone. Uh, But it was, like, in the evening here, so it would have been, like, in the night on East Coast, right? Mm -hmm. And there was an impressive outcry i mean it was it was it was fast and the furious tokyo drift at least right um in terms of just how quickly that thing mobilized and how how fast it came together and by the morning they they had to backtrack on it i think it was amazing right um i think it was useful to have a victory um immediately i do wonder if they haven't already learned 
right? Um, and that's part of why they're kind of now like, oh, shit, we need to flood the zone. We can't just do this stuff piecemeal. Mm-hmm. But um, but it was pretty amazing to watch to watch it all come together uh, in opposition. Yep. Yeah, and that the next day, also, the fact that then after everybody, there was this outcry that people were like, that is ridiculous, you can't do that. Trump then had some tweet like, as unfair as it is, I don't think this is what we should be doing. And then sort of pretended that his tweet was the reason that yeah. there was a, there was a backing down and, uh, you know, whatever he has to do. Um, then the outcry over the last couple of days has been obviously what's going to happen to the Affordable Care Act. Um, what is going to happen to the Affordable Care Act? Surely, Dan, they can't just pull everything with no plan and leave... <laughs> yes, surely they can't. Oh my god. It The thing, do you have this Maureen when you look at this stuff unfolding where it's like how there's no reasonable person that would think this will work yet it keeps working. Like I, I often have moments where I'm like, so what does that say about me? Mm. Do you have that? Where it's just like, oh, God, I am I'm far more gullible than I give myself credit, I think. Well, I think we're all more gullible than we... I, they, they did a... They, I, I don't have a source. Unattributed. I, re- I was reading a, a interviews that were done with people in the Rust Belt. And if you know what the article or piece I'm talking about and can say, this is what you're talking about, that would be great. Um, uh, people in the Rust Belt were being asked, like, what do you think will happen to your health care coverage? And they were said, well, you know, we we want our co-pays to be lower and we want drug prices to be lower and we want, you know, they were listing all basically things that were going to cost down the individual and they and the questioner was like, "Well, that is not like that's not. What if the affordable? What if that all just goes away and the pre-existing pr- condition protection goes away, and then the sort of marketplace like just goes away? Your options to get insurance go away, and you get instead a a tax benefit shelter for your you know your your health funds." And they're like, "That's not insurance." And and the one of the respondents, or even multiple respondents, seem to have said, well, Mr. Trump is such a smart businessman, he wouldn't just take that all away from us. Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. It, it, these people are first on the line in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Did you, did you buy your own insurance before, before the ACA was passed? Before the ACA was passed, I managed through by jumping through about 15 different hoops i joined a guild oh wow a guild like yes and i went on a quest no i i mean i joined a guild and that's how i i purchased they had an insurance like basically you you join a union or a guild and and you get insurance that way and it was it was not easy and then the healthcare exchange came along and i bought my insurance and it was great in fact it during the illness I referenced earlier, um, it really saved my bacon. Like it, it paid for everything in a much more comprehensive way. And then by coincidence, just about two months ago, I got my partner's company was like, 
I just got insurance through that in a way that had not been previously available. So I personally got like a last minute reprieve. Had it been taken away, I really don't know what I'd be doing. And if the pre-existing condition thing goes away, I don't know what I'm going to do. I mean, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I bought, well, uh, A, I went without insurance for far longer than I should have in my in my early 20s, which the ACA makes it so you don't have to do that. If your parents have insurance, you can be on theirs till, they, till you're 26. And I would guess it was around 26 or so when I actually bought insurance um, for, the, for the first time, uh, kind of hoping and praying before that that uh nothing would go wrong and um and man it cost a lot right and it would go up constantly and and then um when janice and i got got married uh we switched to her employer's insurance for for a while and we had we had our first child and then um and then she left that job and uh we bought this is still pre-exchange pre-ACA we bought insurance uh for family right so it was me her and and our son and you know one of the things one of the things that really makes me so furious about the critiques of government health care is the well we don't want the government making decisions for for people you know people should make their own decisions and so we had a pretty major decision that we had to make, which was, do we pay 600 additional dollars a month for maternity insurance? So uh, if we could have a second kid and not pay the tens of thousands of dollars that it would cost to have to have a baby in America, you know, but. A, we had barely two nickels to rub together back then, and $600 a month was insane. Plus, you had to pay it for a year before getting pregnant um, in order for them to cover your pregnancy, because pregnancy would be a pre-existing condition otherwise. Um, and so we didn't, you know? And it was, it was like, we couldn't. And so we had, like, we made a pretty major life decision that, um, that, you know, has, has recently been undone. Uh, I now have insurance through, through an employer and, uh, we have a 10 year gap between our children. And a large part of that gap is because we could not afford insurance. Uh, you know, the ACA made it so that is not possible. There is no maternity coverage now. It's just part of coverage. Mm. And I mean, it's, it's, it's that sort of thing that it's just, oh my God, when I hear the arguments around it, you know, I mean, I, I mean, you yourself, you know, pre-existing conditions would make it so you, you are un, uninsurable. I have multiple friends that have, that went without insurance for, you know, a decade because they were considered uninsurable. It's, it's actually pretty remarkable to me to think about the fact that something like Obamacare has actually only been around for like seven years, you know, because it, it really was far more revolutionary than maybe it seemed at the time. It does, because I don't like to vilify people, I really try to figure out what the game is. What's the point of view of people that are so opposed? And um, 
does it come down to, in some cases, people that feel that having access to health care or health care or health care insurance and the insurance system, I know, is part of the whole discussion, but that's what we've got right now. So yeah. unless you want to immediately give us all socialized medicine tomorrow, which would be fine. Yeah, I'd which take would be it. fine. I'd take that happily, but I don't think we're getting it. So clearly what we have to do right now is work with the insurance system and the crazy pharmaceutical system. Yeah. Um, so let's just say Republicans or others. What is it they, what, what's the, what's the point of view? Do you think that people do not deserve? I, I, I'm, I'm genuinely trying to work out what yeah, the, I, it, it has always, to me, the argument has always been so rooted in, these weird fallacies that assume our system works differently than it does, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the idea that people can shop around for their care, right? Like, that doesn't doesn't work that way. Like, you can't, you can't break your leg and be like, hey, hang on, I need to call three hospitals. Right. You know, like, what? It's a, huh? You know, like, oh, you know what? I have a, I have a, a really bad eye condition, Hang on, I'm going to find out what's the cheapest option to deal with it, right? Like, what? Also, yet a, cheap, the che a cheap option, and I say this as someone who had to buy her father teeth for Christmas because my father did not, my father has worn dentures uh, since he was 25, and he needed a new bottom denture, and he didn't, he just didn't want to pay to get his denture with the good dentist. So he was shopping around for um, cheap dentures. And I was like, Dad, you don't buy cheap teeth. That's part of your <laughs> skull, Dad. Dad, do not buy cheap teeth. And so I bought my father um, part of his skull for Christmas. And um, that's the kind of, you know, uh, I've been known to buy pain patches. I've been known to buy, you know, like basic, kind of basic stuff, you know, because we shop, like, we're always trying to get, like, if you cut corners in that way, I've had some bad dental work in my life. And you know what? It, oh, yeah. My teeth blew up because of it. I, I, I spit out, Dan, I spit out more pieces of teeth than anyone I know. I, uh, uh, man, we could really get into some dental horror stories right oh, now. Oh, Dan, my teeth are like, uh. In in my twenties, uh, back when I I was not insured, uh, a friend of mine was like, who was like a political activist uh, and had no money either, was like, ah, I found a dentist. Go to Doctor Weiss. He's in this building. It literally, his name isn't on the building, but he has an office there, and ah, uh, he's really cheap, and he'll totally do your job. And uh, he had, Maureen, he had no assistance. Mm -hmm. Like, not, and not just no dental hygienists. If the phone rang, he would have to go, hey, hang on just a second. And then go and answer the phone and then come back and keep drilling your teeth. Right? Um, I... I absolutely did lasting damage to my mouth, attempting to fix my mouth with Dr. Weiss. Holy crap. Yeah. yeah. When I was in graduate school, our dental care was the dental school. 
And it turns out that they used to just need drilling practice. And so I have had subsequently four root canals. Um, My teeth occasionally, they were so drilled that every once in a while, one of them just explodes and I just spit out tooth shards. Um, my, my crowns fall out all the time. Most recently I was, I was in England in August and I spit out a crown at dinner. So I had to carry my tooth in my pocket, uh, until I got home. Um, I have had so many, I've had emergency root canals where they couldn't get me numb and they had so much trouble that the, I was strapped at, like I was being held down in the chair. True story. And they had like equipment all over my face and they have goggles on me. And the for some reason, the guy doing it was shouting and he's like, we can't get you numb. So I have to put this <laughs> needle and he holds it in front of the goggles. And I'm like, oh, because they also have like a, a, a like a thing on my mouth holding it open. So it's like, oh, and I can't talk. He's like, we have to put this needle directly into your nerve. It will be excruciating, but only for a second. And they put a needle into my nerve. And so, I mean, don't go. That's what I'm saying. Like, I have a nightmare mouth of horrors. Truly, my mouth, ghosts come out of my mouth when I open it. Don't go to, like, whatever cheap-ass dentist. Like, Yeah. No. And yet that's that's what they think, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, just go to the cheapest thing. You know, oh, you don't have a lot of money? Cool, go to the cheap thing. I mean, I think what it boils down to is they just don't give a shit about people with no money, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean. Make it so, yeah, I mean, make it so that people can go to a doctor and not go to an emergency room with the flu. Yeah. I, I think, does it come down to simply viewing healthcare as more of a right than a privilege? Or is it more nuanced than that? I mean, I think that they would, I think they would not say, oh, we think it's a privilege, right? But, boy, it doesn't... I I actually know people who would, because I come from some, I come from a very Republican area, and I would say that there are people that would say that healthcare is something you have to earn. That's horrible. Although, and then growing up with my, my mother is a nurse and is very much like, my mother is sort of like the lady with the lamp and she is very much of the, you know, opinion, you know, no one should ever be turned away. Like you help anybody who crosses your path. Um, but she was a school, like a, a school, very, had in a very intense school nursing position. Um, she was a school nurse. She just retired of a very large school, a tech school with a lot of like automotive and really serious injuries and a lot of people with um and also a couple units of people with very serious physical or mental impairments that required uh constant medication or like very hardcore medical supervision yeah and she was like you know i've i've been the primary care for so i'm she was the primary caregiver for so many dozens or hundred or more people because they simply had no doctor. It's so weird living. I live with an English person and trying to explain the the mentality of how we have to kind of scrabble around to get yeah. healthcare. Man, it's weird. I, I was in England uh, uh, a few episodes ago. That's how I think about time now. Mm. Um, 
And I started getting a really bad earache and I had to fly the next day. And so I was like, shit, I think I got to go to the doctor. How does this work? And uh, I went to a hospital nearby and they had, you know, they had like an urgent care area um, and walked in and they were like, oh, you know, can, uh, you know, can I get your name? And I was like, yes, but you need to know I'm an ugly American and don't know anything. And they were like, that's fine. Just give us your name. What's your problem? Okay, go sit over there. Uh, And they sat me down and there were like three other people in the waiting room. They had a TV on. And then they called my name and the, you know, it was like a nurse practitioner or something. And she was like, okay, you know, looked at my ear. She's like, yeah, I don't think you've got a huge problem. I think you need to get some, whatever the crazy British name for ibuprofen is. And, um, you know, just you know, drink a lot of fluids. You're, you'll be fine. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I walked to the front desk and I was like, okay, I'm done. And they were like, good. And then there was just this sort of awkward moment where I was waiting for them to be like, that'll be $200. And and they were just like, why are you standing here? And uh, I was like, don't, don't I owe you money? And they were like, no, you can go. I was like, yeah. wow. That was amazing. Yeah, it's... You know, I, I, I have... I, I mentioned this in a previous episode that I have a close friend who's going through... Uh, she has cancer and she's going through cancer treatment right now. And if you're yeah. listening, if you're listening, baby, I'm waving to you. And uh, it's terrible. It's awful. It's horrific. But there's there's only like one incredibly small silver lining is that it's in, she's Irish. And there's no bill. Like yeah. they and they would consider she's like and one time they said, oh, it may cost 80 euro for the chemotherapy. But we're going to fight that because that you should pay nothing. And. Um, you know, the pain patches, all the medication, it's just, yeah, it's just, and so we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, this is what Americans fantasize about. Like you just go and, and, and unless you, unless you're not one of us, unless you're not one of us, whatever, uh, I don't want to create us and them situations, but, um, ah, fuck it. I do. <laughs> yeah, sure. Fuck it. You know what? Yeah. What am I talking about? Fuck it. Yeah. Uh, who do I think is listening to this? And I guess there are people that consider that some sort of weird nightmare scenario. Obviously, there are people that consider that a weird nightmare scenario. Yeah. Maybe that is the fundamental, you know, that that fundamental difference of, you know, I don't think having access to health care and go, being able to go to a doctor for free just makes people horrible or lazy. Because, you, you know, what's not fun being sick? You know, what's not easy is being sick. Um. It's not like it's not like illness will go past all of us. We will all require it. Every single person needs medical assistance at varying levels, but we all have human bodies. As far as I know, we all have human bodies and all of those bodies need medical care. So I don't get it, Dan. I really don't get it. And I feel like that's trying to understand if there is there an us in them and how many shades of us in them are there what is this rainbow of grays and whites and blacks that we're on of 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 our our shades of opinion um i don't what am i saying dan i'm trying to make i'm trying to make sense again of of what we're up against doing it again i think it's good i think it's good yeah. that you are because somebody one of us needs to. I'm the other Ambin, just like, I am embracing the chaos. 
right? Mm. Um, and you are on the log flume that's moving again. I am, you know, and I'm like, Dan, don't get back on the ride. You're like, I'm getting on. I got it. Well, hey, I just knocked my mic over. It's a good. Oh, rem- oh. I'm I'm literally sitting cross-legged on a bed. Staring like out the in window. College, like, and you're shouting into a microphone, and you're... I am. I. It seems very The Shining, like you're stuck in a snowy this hotel. Is a, so, so, my wife is from Colorado. I've been coming out to Colorado for uh, a long time now. 17 years coming up on? 18 years? Somewhere around there. A long time. Um, And it's weird, because they, they... Like, when you think of Colorado... Uh, maybe before they got legal pot, all you would think about is, like, skiing, right? Like, what else does it have? Um, mountains and skiing, which is involves snow. Yet, I have never seen a state that is unable to deal with snow more than this state, right? Like, Chicago, it takes an incredible amount to shut down the roads. You know, you have to have a cataclysmic level snow because they will dump an entire ocean's worth of salt on the road to make sure that you can drive from point A to point B. Colorado, they're just like, meh, I I don't know. I guess just close the highway. (laughs) Like, literally, that's it. Like, ah, she's, I guess we could run, I guess we could run a plow, but like the... Even the road just outside our highway right now, which has ostensibly been, or outside our hotel right now, which has ostensibly been plowed, is like a two-inch thick block of ice. It's like, okay, thanks. That was that was a good effort. So I imagine you. So I have a mental picture of you kind of walking around. I'm I'm in my mind I'm much expanding the Marriott residence in making it very very large and it's mostly empty and your son he's got his you know the big wheel and he's riding around and your wife is like we got to get out of this place and you're like no no it's cool here I have some work to do I just have to shout into this microphone and you've got the microphone and you're recording and you're going into ballrooms and there's like it, there's suddenly bartenders there that's like what's up Dan do you want to talk about politics and you're like Yes, actually, I do. Just pour me a drink, and I'll shout at you in my... I have a whole rather elaborate shining fantasy in my head now, Dan. I'm I'm freaking out right now, because how do you know all of that? Well, I've been doing this podcast for a long time. Man, that's eerie. That is eerily accurate. Yeah. With one exception, um, the hotel lobby uh, has Fox News on all the time. So you really want to feel crazy? Get get uh get snowed into a hotel where the only thing on TV is Fox News. You got to get out of that hotel. We're working on it. You know, Dan, in your former life, you created a character called Mayor Emanuel. And if if and says Whovians, as I will insist on calling you in this episode. I insist, and as I say that, I am holding in my hands one of my Christmas presents, which is a very small flashlight on an extending arm. So it's sort of like a go-go gadget flashlight. 
Whoa. And it bends at the end. And so you can like illuminate around corners and stuff like that. And it's sort of like a weird, it looks like a weird, crazy wand or tool. And I'm waving it in the, I'm sitting in a closet in the dark and I've got this crazy extended flashlight that's on a bendy arm, but it's off. And I'm just waving it in the dark. And I'm saying, okay, says Hoovians, as I like, I, I'm conducting an invisible <laughs> orchestra with my bendy arm flashlight in the in my in my closet, um, shouting into a microphone. Uh, what was I saying? Man, of the two of us, I feel like I'm handling my snowstorm better than you. <laughs> well, it is supposed to. This is just how I got. Honestly, this thing is so satisfying to hold. It feels like a. A doctor's tool or a weird, like, and it's pointing at things. I'm pointing at all my soundproofing tiles. Maybe this is how I will spend 2017. I will sit in my closet with my bendy flashlight pointing at at soundproofing tiles going, All right, says Hoovians, let's all get together now and fix the Affordable Health Care Act. I know I was saying something, but I feel that the point may be lost. I think you've I think you've said a lot. I think I have said a lot. Listen, I really recommend getting one of these flashlights. It they makes sound you amazing. feel it makes me feel powerful and for some reason it's even better that I don't have it on. Oh, I didn't know that part. Oh, it's dark. Oh yeah, no, I don't <laughs> have it on, Dan. Leave that part that detail out. Oh, and there's another thing about it is that the, the other end it's got a magnet. So listen to this. I can stick it to the door and it stays. So let let's just since since podcasting is not a visual medium right. and we, uh, we want to build up a radio theater picture of where we're both coming from. Perhaps we have neglected to tell uh, newcomers to the show that mm. you record in a closet in I New York. I record inside of a closet. But the in New key York. element there is that you record in a pitch black closet in new york Mm -hmm. and so let me get this straight you now have a light source but you have opted to stay sitting in the darkness yes okay i could i could turn it on hold on i'll see what it's like whoa all right here's the thing about the flashlight is it's an led flashlight and it really now looks like well, first of all, it's illuminated the fact that I am sitting inside of a closet full of soundproofing tiles, which, A, is quite the revelation. And B, there is definite shades of kind of Blair Witch to this. Like, kind of like, this is the documentary footage they find at the end of the camera when they when you can't find the body, but you found one shoe and a trace of blood and this footage. And they're like, we saw a light and some soundproofing tiles and no one knows what happened to her. I'm turning the f- back on again, back off. Oh, see, that's much better. Now I'm back in my safe zone of my... Anyway, this is Says Who, the political podcast that's not a podcast. It's a coping strategy. Indeed. And our theme music is recorded by the one and only Ted Leo. Ted is wonderful. Ted is playing... Wait, uh, did I just... I didn't mean to just end it, Dan. I was just... Oh, sort man, of, I uh, thought you just did, like, the best best little, like... That was like... I was like, man, she's a pro. All right, well, that's it. Uh, Dan, is that really the note we want to end on? That you have gone full shining. You're trapped. You're talking to imaginary bartenders. I know that you're not, but say you are. I mean, you've you've I got the axe. You're in the. You're trapped in a snowy hotel uh, in Colorado. You're shouting into a microphone. 
your whole fa- you've dragged your whole family to this place to write your book. Oh, I know what I was saying. I was saying that in your former life, <laughs> man, I really I, that, I brought it back. That little train you just drove mm-hmm. was amazing. What I just did, Dan, is I just it's a small world did that shit. Like you I did. just. I got in the little boat and I went all the way around and I saw all the little dolls and I saw this windmill and it went do 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 and I went I went all the way through and I didn't get off the boat and I was like, Oh that's right. I wanted to talk about how Dan used to write Mare Emanuel. Says Whovians, I was saying. That's if right. you did not know that Dan Sinker used to write an account called Mare Emanuel on Twitter that was the most brilliant thing in the whole world. And it was the alternate reality of Mayor Manuel, and he lived in this frozen wasteland of Chicago, and he had a duck named Quaxelrod, and they all drove in a Honda Civic. They they often lived in the Honda Civic. A few different times. They lived in an igloo, though. That was actually the last time that Chicago had a snow event that shut it down. Yeah, was... and they, they lived in an igloo, yeah. and they had to dig their way out of ice caves. And that was the political reality I wanted to live in, where... My elected officials had a duck and a dog and lived in a civic and fucking they surfed the frozen ice lake of Chicago. And I am pointing very aggressively with my bendy flashlight right now. Very aggressively. They surfed the ice lake of Chicago uh, to justice and victory. They did. I may not be well, Dan. I may not be well. The sad reality is that the actual one was an asshole who got a whole shit ton of people killed. Mm. I think that as a person who feels very secure in her dark closet full of soundproofing tiles, and it is dark in here, I should really... I really close myself into this thing. I mean, talk about a bubble. I close myself in a closet in New York City, which I have filled with soundproofing tiles in the dark. And I feel like that is the most East Coast bubble that you can get. I am hidden from people that even live in this in this apartment. They don't know I'm here because I'm in the closet. Even my dog doesn't know I'm here. (laughs) Uh, Maureen, you got to get out of your closet. No way, man. Look, I got a flashlight. The darkness is creeping in. It sticks to the wall, Dan. You can't see it, but it's just stuck to the door. And it's because I have a metal door and it's just stuck there. And it's dark and safe in here. And I love it. And it's telescoping. I can make it as long as I want. (laughs) I've made it very straight now, Dan. Now Now I'm pointing at the ceiling. All right, and that's this episode of Maureen's Flashlight Cast. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. I think people would enjoy Flashlight Cast, to be perfectly frank with you. I think they just I think they've just experienced it. Well, I think they I think they've really I think they've fully immersed themselves in the Flashlight Cast. Dan, this is my tiny light in the darkness. I have a tiny light and I I've chosen not to turn it on yet. Have your tiny light in the darkness. Have your tiny, bendy, flexible, weird little flashlight. And if you get arrested at a protest, you'll want something like this. This thing is very handy. This is a good, I mean, they might take it off of you, but it's a good little item to have. 
So if you're going to the Million Woman March, I'd say you could you could make you could take worse things along than a bendy flashlight. What you, what would you pack for the Million Woman March? Decent shoes, mm-hmm. good snacks, mm-hmm. bendy flashlight. You're right. Hydration, hydration. Even though it's no. cold, you gotta stay hydrated. Yeah, warm gloves. Coat. Warm gloves. Maybe some of those hot packs for your pockets. Oh, those are nice. A uh, pussy hat, obviously one of those knit um, pussy ear hats. Keep your ears warm. Keep your head warm. Uh, I would love to go. I've I've very much considered going to the Million Woman March. Um, I have mentioned that I have these. Uh, going to march in the cold of. January may not be in my wheelhouse. I can, however, go to Trump Tower and give it the finger. There you go. That is a Chicago pastime. Yeah. It is. There are oftentimes, uh, 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 it is hard to cross the Michigan Avenue Bridge because people are giving Trump Tower the finger as they cross it themselves and taking photos of themselves doing it. Dan, I live in the same city as this jackass. Like, yeah, I don't even. Do. I don't even live that far from him. He's going to probably come past my house. I mean, imagine it. I mean, it, and, you know, we're going to, New York, we, we hate him here. And um, we make fun of him. And he knows it. And it's part of the reason he's so angry. Um, because he knows that we, we think he's ridiculous. Because he is ridiculous. If, you have, if you're, if you're a, says Hoovians, if you're unaware, this jag off is a real piece of shit, but he's also a clown. Um, and he, he was roundly made fun of when he tried to vote for. And this Donald Trump is, is the kind of thing that you get if no one loves you. Um, so uh, he when he comes in and out of New York, it's going to be completely chaotic. You know, there could be Fifth Avenue can be shut down like he's going to shut down. He will shut us down to spite us at great expense too. at tremendous instruments bilking every possible scent out of the oh damn now i am oh the tackles are up the flashlight is going dan um dan what are we gonna do about this motherfucker we're gonna fight we're gonna resist we're gonna do the work you know i mean that's uh, 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 like to bring it back to the start you know um the the focus and the clarity that I have seen among my peer group is unbelievable, right? Like the 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 readiness that people are at, and I think you know, I mean, you you brought it up before, but you know, the the little bit that we saw with the mobilization around the uh, ethics committee stuff, um. And I think that we've I think that we are seeing it though without as immediate an impact around mobilizing mobilizing around gutting the the Affordable Care Act. Um, you know, people are doing the work. Um, is it is it enough? Will it suddenly bring rainbows? No, you know, will it suddenly switch the little light on in the darkness? Um, not enough, right? But it, but man, I'm gonna bring your flashlight metaphor right in right Mm -hmm. like if we all have our bendy flashlights and we all light them up like then we can at least see each other you know then we can and and we can head towards we can head towards our our little lights and and bring them together and make it and make it brighter and brighter and i think that that's i think that's happening 
You know, I think people are turning on their little flashlights and they are getting getting moving and looking around and seeing that, oh, look at that. It's pretty far away, you know, but I can I can make it over to that little light, you know, and then those two little lights go on. Now, granted, all the little lights here in the state of Colorado can't get outside of our state border right now, but mm-hmm. um, but <laughs> otherwise people are really moving. Not me. I'm stuck. In the Residence Inn in Longmont, Colorado. Listen, I'll tell you something else about this bendy flashlight. That its its function is to be able to shine light into places that you cannot normally access. I primarily intended to use it to look for pieces of dog kibble that my dog has knocked under furniture. But it also means I can see into the dark, nasty little thing. Like, that little light illuminates the things that no one wants, no one wants seen. The things that will take Donald Trump down, and I believe absolutely in my heart that he will be taken down. Uh, there is obviously a lot of dirt to be dug and the right dirt. I know that it seems like nothing will stick, but that nothing because nothing so far has stuck. But in this unlikely chain of events in which we've seen this thing that seems like, like, what is it? Why does it, why is this thing still going? Something, everything has a ding, you know? Mm-hmm. And we're, we will find it. And it may just take, it's going to take a lot of people doing a lot of effort. I think it, I think it may come from like a really strange corner. Like we may never, like we may never be able to predict the weird thing that takes him down. I mean, that's been true from the beginning of all this till right now. We can't right, like, predict anything. Billy Bush and the weird, you know, inside edition tape and all the weird little twists and turns. Um, get your bendy flashlights, find each other, peer into the darkness together. Um, take advantage of the breakfast buffet that is not part of this metaphor so far, but I would say, you know, take advantage. Eat, you know, take care of yourselves. Um, you're on Flashlight Cast. We're thinking about you. We are indeed. Do you think Flashlight Cast would be a good title? Mm, we might want to. We might want to workshop that one a little more. Okay. All right. It's just a thought. I'm just. I'm just blue skying this, Dan. Well, uh, Maureen, y- you know where I'm going to be uh, inauguration day. Oh, Dan, I do know. I'm going to be at Disneyland. I'm so <sighs> excited. It's I like. Know. I we are like two weeks away, and I have to say it felt a little weird at one point. I was like, "Hey, can I really?" And now it's like, "Oh my god, I'm actually I have something to look forward to." Um, but that might interfere a little bit with with our potential next recording date. But we'll figure it out. Maybe I'll maybe I'll be in another hotel room, but this time live from Disneyland. I still believe that. At the one-year anniversary, we should record from Disneyland. That is a definite. And for certain, Dan, I do believe we should make this pact that when the time comes that Trump is deposed, we should, upon that day of the of the deposing, go immediately to Disney World. It is done. Cost be damned, yes. Dan. We must go at once. Absolutely. And it will be says who slash flashlight cast from... The Pirates of the Caribbean, or perhaps 
the thing with the birds, because I still really want a Dole Whip. It's on. Take care of yourselves, guys. We're going to do this. It seems it absolutely sucks. It is not you. It is not your imagination. But speaking as a person who was recording, sitting in a dark closet, surrounded by soundproofing tiles, holding a bendy flashlight that she refuses to turn on, I tell you that you are not going crazy. No, not at all. Did I I sell that? Did I sell that? As a person that has been stuck in a 300 square foot hotel room for two days and has another day before he can leave it, I assure you, in fact, you are not going crazy. From my bed at the Residence Inn in Longmont, Colorado, I'm Dan Sinker. And from a closet that continues to be dark and I am waving this flashlight again, I really am. You can't see me, but I am just... Oh, it looks kind of like a, I want to say a horse whip right now, but uh, I don't know. <laughs>